0: This is Bloomberg Crypto,
1: a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Anne Herrera, in today for Stacey Marie Ishmael. It's Tuesday, February 14th. With everything that has gone on in crypto over the past year... Wall Street would be excused for wanting to take a rain check on digital assets. But some big banks and other large financial firms like exchanges and asset managers are moving ahead with their plans in the space. Initiatives range from launching new cryptocurrency trading platforms, offering custody of digital currencies or focusing on how blockchain can be used to issue and trade traditional assets like bonds. Big firms with digital asset plans include BNY Mellon, Goldman Sachs, BlackRock, Fidelity and SIBO just to name a few. Some executives at these firms see recent scandals in crypto, like the collapse of FTX, as a big opportunity to capture a new market as it is likely to drive more regulation. And if more regulation is coming to digital assets, who would be better placed to offer services in the space than a big regulated financial institution? Here to talk more about what Wall Street is thinking is Bloomberg reporter Chi Yang. Hi, Yoichi. Thank you for joining me. I guess this is extra special because I'm in New York. We never get to actually speak in person. So it's a treat. Thanks for having me. And it's glad to be able to sit together with you here recording the podcast. Talking about one of our ever favorite topics, which is Wall Street and, and, and digital assets, I guess. I would say I was being ironic. You were joking. We do like to talk about other things. So do you want to give us the, the lay of the land? What What's going on with big financial firms and crypto? What did we find out when we were reporting about them? In the
2: past year, we covered a lot about the various dramas and events in cryptocurrencies. For the most part, Wall Street banks are isolated from the exposure and impact from some of the failures in crypto and that's because banks are highly regulated entities and they are very careful in terms of being exposed to crypto serving crypto clients getting into crypto services however despite all that happened in crypto when we talk to the banks we realize that some of the banks are still looking into potential opportunities in cryptocurrencies as well as the broader digital assets world in which case, they mean that the the tokenization form of real-world assets, such as stocks and bonds and FX. So recently, we wrote a story really summarizing what banks are still thinking about when it comes to digital assets and the potential ways that they can get into the world now that the industry is being reshaped
1: after the collapse of FTX and other players. So I guess one of the selling points now that banks are, is what or at least that's what they told us, is that, you know, if if the world of crypto becomes more regulated, then they are, like, well-placed to offer those services. And then, I guess, another issue that emerged after the collapse of FTX was that sort of it brought to light how you should be very careful when you're giving someone your money. And there are reasons why we want firms that handle money to be regulated. So do firms see this actually, like, as, as a moment of opportunity rather than a moment to step back? Yes, precisely.
3: For
2: example, BNY Mellon is a the- custody bank with very long history.
1: It was founded by Alexander Hamilton.
2: Yes. And they are getting into crypto as well. They launched their crypto custody product and they're able to provide custody for Bitcoin. And they think that they're well positioned to take advantage of what's going on in the crypto world because they are a trusted brand. They have hundreds years of history and their job is to provide custody. And custody, of course, is a very tricky issue in crypto where you can lose your coins because of the failure of your platform. So they think that for a bank like BNY Mellon, this is a good timing for them to step in. And they're not backing off from this commitment despite what happened with FTX.
1: Which other firms are offering uh, custody? Like I know Fidelity has had that offering for a while. Are they planning to expand that or what? what what's the situation there? Like offer more coins or they have a big crypto division or digital assets division? Right,
2: right. Fidelity is another player in crypto from the traditional financial world. They are offering crypto custody uh, for Bitcoin. I think there's a plan to get into Ether. And they even talk about looking into supporting staking in crypto. And that's something that I think most other traditional financial institutions are not able to facilitate yet. They have retail facing product that they recently launched. So they are another name that stand out uh, for me in terms of how uh, friendly and vocal they are about cryptocurrencies.
1: So one of the, I guess, reasons why they see themselves as, you know, in a moment of opportunity is that we might expect there to be more regulation. But at the same time, I guess regulation has been holding them back, right? Like what's been the reason why they haven't really stepped in in full force for now? Like why you can't buy, I don't know, like Bitcoin through your Chase app? Like what's really holding them back and why are they themselves not holding crypto on their balance sheets? Right, right. Well, we're still pretty far away from being
2: able to buy Bitcoin directly from your bank. I don't think that's something that's on the horizon anytime soon. Regulations, as you said, is a big reason that these banks are not able to move into crypto fully yet. And even for custody, the SEC has a rule that they published last spring, which said that for banks that hold crypto assets as custody, they have to account for it on their balance sheet as liabilities and then as we know banks are subject to capital requirement rules and that really makes holding coins on behalf of others an uneconomical business model for them because there will be more capital burden for them to meet So it's not a a scalable solution yet because of the NCC rule. And then they have other considerations as well. Usually when a bank wants to get into crypto and launch a crypto related product, there's lots of layers of approvals that they have to go through internally from risk to compliance to, to even board level approval. And then these conversations and process can take months, if not years. And as we know, crypto moves at, at, at a much faster pace. So it's really one traditional legacy industry trying to catch up in crypto, but taking a long, long time to be
1: able to do something. If you look at the market now, it's, it's sort of dreadful. Everybody's laying off. And it's not just like crypto laying off. Banks are laying off, too. So why push ahead now and not maybe wait a bit when they get a little bit more regulatory clarity? For them to be able to push ahead with any
2: new technology, new innovation, it is a long drawn out process. If they stop the plan now and when the bull market returns, they can't really immediately jump on it without laying out the groundwork for it. So I think that's the reason why that Given once banks have the commitment and believe that crypto is here to stay, they're not going to back out all of a sudden just because of market conditions at the moment.
1: Yeah, a lot of what we hear is like we have, we're have we thinking about this this in the mid to long term horizon. So and in many cases, the things that they're launching today, they might have begun discussing like four years ago or like in the previous uh, winter. So that's the, that makes total sense, right? Like if they stop now, it might take them two years to get approval again and then they miss another another rally. So what is the thing that you find most interesting? What are you watching in the space like with Wall Street banks or or not just banks, but we've also spoken to exchanges and brokers and you mentioned Fidelity, which is an asset manager. Like what is the thing you're like keeping the pulse on to see whether measure, whether like activity is actually happening? What are you going to watch out for this year?
2: Hmm, That's a
1: good question.
2: I think that just the general attitude from banks towards cryptocurrencies, we know for a long time, crypto kind of build itself as the industry to disrupt traditional banks. And then banks for a long time dismissed crypto because it's such a small and niche sector. But I think after the events in the past few years, from people that I talk to, there's this general consensus that cryptocurrencies is now seen as a real asset class is here to stay. And even though it has a lot of risk, banks uh, can no longer dismiss them. And therefore, banks are trying to figure out ways where they can incorporate that into their business line if regulatory approvals allowed, or if they can even try to reshape the industry in a way that fits their existing business needs better. So banks, once they get some green light from the regulators, I think they would love to be able to participate in,
1: in some way more form. So as you know, I've been sort of covering this for a long time, and I remember days where you would not be able to say bitcoin in the same sentence as a bank they would freak out and now that's very much changed like bitcoins and crypto still have a lot of scandals but you know there's a level of nuance where you know you can say in an- the name of a big financial firm and crypto together because they are doing things in the space but one thing that emerged right before banks started like looking at crypto itself was like they started paying attention to blockchain which is the underlying technology so can you give us like a sense of what's going, what's been going on there that's new? You know, as you know, they've been trying to use it to streamline back office processes like the settlement of securities, but it's not been very successful. And still, they seem to be quite positive, right? Right,
2: right. I think the tokenization aspect of it is what interests the banks more. When we talk to banks, they are really careful even with the the language of it. They think crypto and digital assets are two different concepts. Crypto, of course, means Bitcoin, Ether, and all the other coins that are trading on crypto exchanges. But digital assets is more than that. It, It includes the tokenization form of traditional assets with real assets backed by real assets. We're talking about tokenized bonds, tokenized repo transactions, for example. And the, the banks that are experimenting in digital assets really think the latter part is what's going to bring more promise and also a bigger, more scalable market. But as you know, the blockchain effort by banks have been in place for many years and for now, it still feels like an experiment, it's still at early stage. So we're also looking to see to what extent banks can actually push forward with these initiatives, which at the moment is not bringing
1: a lot of profits uh, into their business line yet. Up next, more about Wall Street's crypto plans with Bloomberg reporter Yueqi Yang. We'll be right back. Do you get a sense that you know at the higher level of banks? Because obviously, you're also listening into like the earnings call of these banks. Do the CEOs of banks actually believe in this, or do you think it's still, you know, testing? What is the get- sense you get? Is it a lot of like marketing PR fluff, or, you know, will we one day actually see, you know, big at scale trading or like settlement of securities on chain? And if so. What sense do we get from the banks on the time frame for this? Hmm, That's a good question. Most banks are not
2: particularly vocal about their crypto or blockchain efforts during earnings call. One exception I can think of is really Jamie Dimon, because he's such a vocal person on this topic of cryptocurrencies. And he has generated a lot of controversy with the, the statements he had he once called, Bitcoin, a decentralized
1: Ponzi scheme, for example. And recently, it was like pet rocks. Crypto. Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: because you just think the whole thing just is is going to zero, going to zero, and it's fake. It, it, Bitcoin itself is a is a hyped up fraud. It's a pet rock. Get back to that. Yeah, really, of course, yeah. So, what do you make then of, of BlackRock and other firms that are? are but then,
2: in of course, J.P. Morgan itself is actually a pioneer in terms of pushing for tokenization efforts. They have J.P. Morgan Coin. They have this. Product called Patier, which uh, is an interbank blockchain based um, token effort uh, for transactions. So these are our internal efforts by JP Morgan that's exploring the the use of blockchain and even the, the possibility to connect with decentralized finance in the future. So I think that shows, even though the top level leadership at some banks they might have their personal feelings for cryptocurrencies but there's also this other effort towards blockchain and tokenization that's that's kind of separated from the personal feeling of one leader yeah and i think right
1: after ftx i believe david solomon also the CEO of goldman sachs had a goped i think in the journal talking about blockchain and how they distinguish the two. And they, of course, are among the banks that have been doing a lot in the space. They just recently had an issuance with the European Investment Bank of a bond, and another European. We, we cited them in our piece. And, you know, it is quite interesting. And they have a an ish- platform to issue regular assets that aren't crypto assets on, on the blockchain. So it will be interesting, but again, as you were mentioning, I'm thinking this year of all the projects that have been that I've been following. It wasn't just the collapse of FTX, but we had a big collapse of a blockchain project, namely we were discussing it this week in a meeting that, that of like ASX, right? The Australian Exchange was supposed to move all of their one of their settlement platform on on chain or one of their post trade platforms on chain, and that was supposed to be like the biggest or was the biggest most high profile blockchain experiment and it collapsed and they spent, I think, $250 million on it and have decided to scrap it. So that was a big indictment um, of the space. So I guess it kind of remains to be seen if they will actually be able to save money from blockchain or if they are just spending money on experiments that that don't really go anywhere. But as you said, they, they do seem quite bullish, as are the executives who spoke to us about their crypto plans you know we had nomura mentioned in the story the big japanese bank they have a big crypto division they're also quite positive about it so so it's it is definitely interesting it's hard not to think of how ironic this is if if we if they do get their way the banks that are trying to build like a big business in crypto it would be very much the antithesis of why crypto was launched right why why bitcoin was launched in the aftermath of the financial crisis it was like to have a more decentralized, more equitable financial system. And we might end up in a, in a place where it's actually the bank. It's just like another another asset, another of the thousands of assets that banks trade. So do you get a sense from like the crypto industry that they're happy that big banks and big financial firms are coming in? Because that seems to come in waves to me. Like there's moments in which they're like, oh, there's like a contingent of crypto that still doesn't want banks, but then there's another contingent of crypto that's like, oh, the big institutions are coming, the banks are coming, so this means we're in a great business and the price is going to go up.
2: Yeah, I think you, you captured it well, but I think at the moment, crypto needs banks more than banks need crypto. For banks to be able to get into crypto, it really helps establish the legitimacy of the crypto industry. And even without banks getting into crypto, trading or crypto custody, just having banks that are able to provide basic depository services for crypto companies, that will be of great help for the industry as well. Right now we have issues in the industry where some crypto exchanges are not able to even provide US dollar wire transfer because they are not able to find banking partners.
1: One of the bigger issues last week was was that, you know, there's some some exchanges or, or crypto companies are having troubles with banking, which has been a long Ongoing issue, but but it it seems to be make, making matters even worse in crypto now.
2: Yes, and it will only become a bigger issue because banks are highly regulated. They are very careful with who they can do business with, and the, the, the events last year did not help their case in signing up crypto clients for their business. So regardless, banks have a role to play in the industry, whether it's very basic services, such as providing a company with bank account or a higher level, more active engagement, such as providing crypto custody. So
1: it's a topic for us to watch for sure. All right. Thank you so much, UHE for joining me. It was, it was great to chat about these topics. Thanks for having me. That was Bloomberg reporter UHE Yang. You can find more of her reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal and on Bloomberg.com. For more, be sure to check out our twice weekly newsletter, Bloomberg Crypto. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producers are Mohammed Farouk and Sharon Bariro. Our associate producers are Tai Butler and Moses Undam. Desta Wonderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow.